Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery. Code Wondery. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 885. This episode uh, brought to you by Squarespace. Whether you need a portfolio uh, to showcase your work, a store to sell the products or services that you have to offer, or a blog just to share your thoughts and ideas and feelings, Squarespace gives you everything you need to make your next move into a reality. And not to mention with Squarespace's beautiful design templates uh, and customizable features, you can create that website because it's simple, it's intuitive. You just add and arrange your content with the click of a mouse. It is that simple. Why can everything not be that simple? Start your free trial today at squarespace.com. Use the offer code NERDIST to get 10% off your first purchase. Uh, hey, let's go to the NERDIST community court board. These are happenings from you, the NERDIST community. I believe uh, the events at NERDIST.com email is still up and running. Uh, Katie uh, uh, handpicks a lot of these, and, uh, and so that is where I believe she is getting these from. Uh, Mouse Pals. Is the maker of adorable animal-themed pins, cards, prints. There are dozens of hand-designed enamel pins to choose from. Uh, adorable handmade greeting cards and prints. They make the perfect gift for any animal lover. So check them out at malspals.com. Those are with a Z. M-A-L-Z-P-A-L-Z.com. Uh, also, LA Podfest is coming up soon. Uh, tickets is a big podcast festival. Tickets uh, are available now. It is October six through eight, downtown Los Angeles. Uh, Nerdist Network has some great podcasts there, including the Jackie and Lori Show, the Todd Glass Show, Cashing In with TJ Miller, uh, plus a lot of other great shows that will also be there. You can find out more or buy tickets at lapodfest.com. Uh, this episode of the Nerds Podcast is my friend Jim Jeffries. Uh, a, this is a this is a threefer. He's been on for is this is that what a threefer is? Well, it's the third time he's been on. You know, I was just trying to mix up how I say that. Not everything that comes out of my mouth is accurate or good. Uh, Jim is promoting the Jim Jeffrey Show, which is Tuesdays at 10.30 on Comedy Central. Full episodes available on cc.com. I think he got picked up for more episodes. Anyway, it's on now and you should watch it. Uh, so, Jim Jeffries. Oh, 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 we didn't talk pinball this time. Jim is a massive pinball uh, enthusiast. We may have talked about it a little bit. If you ever see Jim Jeffries, Jim has one of the most interesting backgrounds. He's interested. He's into so many things that you wouldn't necessarily guess, and we uncover a lot of that. He tells me something sort of halfway through the podcast that blows my mind. That is a very integral part of his background. So uh, uh, you might you may actually enjoy this episode. Besides the fact that Jim is uh, hilarious and funny and all that all that nonsense, that comedy nonsense. Get a real job, why don't you? Uh, this episode, I, I was being sarcastic. You guys know that, right? I was being a character of a guy telling a kid to get a real job. 
Anyway, some of these are complex. This podcast is also brought to you by A Game of Thrones Enhanced Editions, uh, which are books available exclusively on iBooks. Uh, you should absolutely, if, if you're a fan of George R.R. R. Martin uh, and Game of Thrones, which is currently airing, uh, or if you're just reading the books, then you should look into getting a Game of Thrones Enhanced Editions uh, on iBooks. Uh, it's an exclusive version of Game of Thrones that helps you keep track of the storylines and the characters in a really fun and really interactive way. If you're reading the books or if you read the books before, and because they're just so dense with characters and material and storylines, you know, if, if you forget stuff, every chapter will start with an interactive map, and you can zoom in and see exactly where the characters are. You can see what they're up to. You can click on a little crown in the text and a footnote pops up, so you will never need to consult the internet again for the Stark family tree, for example. Uh, it's all it's all right there, just at the at, at the click of a little digital button. Uh, whenever a new character is introduced or brought back after a while, their names appear in bold, and it tells you who they are and how they're related. Uh, these books have everything you could ever wish for: interactive maps, house histories, a sigil guide, author notes from George R. R. Martin, and amazing illustrations that bring Game of Thrones uh, to life in a way that just that helps navigate everything and keep it all in your brain uh, or, or organized in a, in a in a fine fashion. Again, these books are available exclusively on iBooks. Uh, you can go to apple.co/game of thrones to check them out. Uh, they're not available in all countries, but they are uh, probably available where you live. That's apple.co slash Game of Thrones. Uh, I believe this will bring your Game of Thrones fandom to a new level. Uh, here's the Nerds Podcast number 885 with Mr. Jim Jeffries. Katie, roll the thing. Now entering Nerdist.com. Yeah, because you just marched over from Jim Jeffrey's show. You're on the same lot. We're on the same lot, yeah. yeah, yeah we're, it's, it's good. It's easy. Easy. It's a wonderful lot. It's a great lot. Yeah, yeah. The little cafe it's, right there, Roland they is did great. give us a letter the other day that said, uh, just so you know, there's some asbestos. Oh, oh! by the way, I mean, this lot's been here for 100 years. I'm surprised. Yeah. That in addition to asbestos, when they start digging that out, there's probably... A million skeletons in the walls. Oh, yes. Yeah, yes. There's, there's... I can't believe that uh, Lucille Baldwin burned the place down with cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still, uh, yeah. I think I have her dressing room because that midnight stage is her, was the Isla well, I Well, I've been told that I have Bill Cosby's office. Uh, uh, oh, what, yeah. what, did, what did he shoot here? The Cosby Show. The Cosby Show shot here? Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's on the list of things. There's a little list over there, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Fresh Prince shot here? Yeah, yeah. I would have thought those would have been on giant lots. No, no, no. no. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this lot has a lot of history. When you walk around, you see like, oh, they shot Burns and Allen here. There's Laurel and Hardy. There's Gary Cooper. There's a, there's a lot of things that like didn't, like like the Ben Stiller show shot here for a season. Right. But, you know, there's a lot of studios who use this for whatever. But I, I hear we're all being kicked out in the year. Oh, because the yeah, Netflix some, bought it or something. Oh, Netflix bought the lot. Well, Someone a bought the lot. Affiliated that has only got a contract with Netflix is going right. to be so it's going to be an all Netflix original programming. That's the rumor I've heard. Please well, don't quote me on that. No, no, no. Because I did hear that. I mean, I do know that the lot was sold because mm. for the long time, longest time, this lot did a lot of 
it had a lot of wayward shows like the Ben Stiller show or mm. a lot of MTV pilots or a lot of Comedy Central pilots. And then there was a lot of Disney kids stuff here. So for yeah. periods of time, you'd see Disney kids running around. Then RuPaul's Drag Race shoots over there. And then uh, RuPaul's Drag Race shoots here? Yeah. Oh, I love that show. I know. It's just right over, right over there. Oh, Stitch I got I to gotta, pop in. My, my ex, uh, that's her favorite show. I've got to bring her down because she... she RuPaul is like her favorite person on earth. Yeah, see, this goes back to the idea that you're friends with exes. Yeah, because that's very that's a very sweet thing to do. Yeah. So someone bought the lot, and I think they want to super modernize it and like put in fancy offices. I mean, like right now, it's this is a I would describe this lot as vintage, but in a pos- but in a positive way. Like it's a mm. cool vintagey lot. Yeah, and it's and it's just nice to stroll around, and it doesn't feel too. You can walk anywhere on it, and there's no one questioning. But, who you are and why you're there. But, you know, uh, but what happens often is that high powers investors come in and ruin all of the charm of something and put yes. in a lot of really fancy well, it, shit. It changed from the Hollywood studios to the Los Palmas Sunset. We're not even on Sunset. Not at all. No. I mean, we're, we're several blocks. We're, well, no, we're several, several blocks, blocks from yeah, yeah. Sunset. Yeah. Yeah. So if they called it the Los Palmas Santa Monica studio, that makes sense. What, what doesn't make sense is that just feels like a lateral move to me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, no, the Hollywood Studios was a great name. Hollywood Center Studios is a great name, and then just saying it's now it's the Las Palmas Studios, is like, okay, well, uh, it's not really, it's still a generic. Uh, it's like when Tom Warner became Spectrum. Yeah, exactly. Why, what's the. I'd be on the Spectrum. You're on the Spectrum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get the. I, I have Spectrum TV because of the Dodgers. That's the only reason I have it. Oh, you're a baseball fan? I love baseball, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I got season tickets at the Dodgers. What? Yeah, you should come sometime. I would love to. Do you have fancy seats? You have boxes? Fairly fancy. Yeah. Like, like, like behind home plate, but like about five rows back from like the dugout club, which is like the really fancy ones where you get, you know, wait, yeah. waiters and stuff. Well, I have to say that... Uh, I look at the back of famous people's heads. You do? Okay, gotcha. Because there's a really... Uh, you have to have a, a tremendous amount of fortitude to... In the summer, go down and sit where there's no overhang. Yeah, my one's in because the, first the sun bit of... is just beating down on the whole. Uh, time. That's why I got it. My one's the first bit of overhang. Yeah, like, mine's the first row that's in the shade all the time. Yeah, so I was like, all right, brilliant. And you really have to imagine that I'm surprised the mortality rate is not a lot higher at baseball games because people are sitting in direct sunlight for several hours, drinking beer, drinking beer, and eating really salty foods. Mm. And uh, being completely dehydrated, <laughs> robbing their bodies of every ounce of moisture that they could ever need. Yeah, but we're still doing less than the players. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they don't die. Well, it's not prescription beer. <laughs> That's the difference. How's the, so how has the Jim Jeffrey show been going, it's by the way? It's all right, yeah. It's like um, we're rating okay. I think the network's happy, so that's that point. But from the actual uh, joy of it all, my biggest fear was I'm not a good reader. And even when I'm talking to you now, I'm a pretty stunted sort of speech person, you know. You think so? Yeah, I'm a bit like, you know, like you can hear me thinking words to say next and stuff like that, right? So, so me reading a teleprompt was like my biggest fear. Right. And they gave me the show and I didn't tell them I couldn't read or anything. So, <laughs> and so like I just kept that to myself, right? <laughs> well, probably- but, but I'm getting better at it. I'm getting better at it each week. I'm getting better. And the, the weird thing is that you can take as many takes as you want. So yeah. it's all fine. It's and, not live. And it's also, I, I treat it like stand-up because like, I do a, a lot of the writing on the show. So I sort of know the material pretty good by, by the time we're on screen. Right. You know, you know we, we're not like you where you're doing it every day. Right. We're doing one a week. Oh, that's so great. You got a whole week to... Well, I feel like Comedy Central, what they wanted me to do is they were getting rid of um, Larry Wilmore. Right. 
And so they called me in for a meeting and I feel like they wanted me to replace that show. Right. And I was like, nah, I don't want to move to New York. Nah. <laughs> like they were just sort of like feeling it out, right? Right. I was like, I do a once a week thing. So I feel like this is a show they didn't even really want, but they just went, okay. <laughs> well, once a week is amazing. Like I remember when John Oliver left The Daily Show and I thought, well, he's crazy to leave because if John ever leaves, he'd take yeah. it over. Mm. And then he went and did this amazing show over at HBO and I was like, oh, he needs to do it once a week. You have a whole week to write a, tw- a monologue, basically. The, what an incredible... The, the problem is, though, every, cho- every Tuesday we film it and then every Tuesday I'm like, come on, no news. <laughs> Because if, if I wake up in the morning and there's news, I'm like, ah, fuck, I'm going to have to talk about that. And so there's certain things like that always feel like they're news now, but they're not really news. Like like Trump tweeting isn't really news anymore. Right. But it feels like it is. Yeah. You come in in the morning, they go, Trump just tweeted this. And you're like, well, that's every day. Right. You can't mention every stupid thing he does every day. Like, yeah. It's like if Obama did it, you go, okay, that's news, right? But Trump, yeah, whatever. I've actually learned a tremendous amount from the way he interacts. I mean, I sincerely have learned a tremendous amount from the way he interacts with people on social media because, you know, for the longest time, I always sort of had this idea of like, well, if someone says something shitty to me, I I should be able to... I'm a person. I deserve... But then when you see someone in his position snipe back at people, you go, that just looks lame. Yeah. Like, I look lame when I'm doing it. The only difference is my tweets don't influence the global markets. I do it like like once a month someone snags me. (laughs) <laughs> one troll like, and I'm like in a bad head space and, it, and it's like it's like you shouldn't go to the supermarket when you're hungry exactly right you shouldn't don't tweet, tweet when don't you're tweet in a bad angry. mood yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You should, wait, don't wait, email when you're minute. drunk and don't text when you're drunk and don't eat tw- tweet yeah. don't tweet and when you're yeah, in a bad I, every now and again like there was one guy that was just like you should shit won't last more than three episodes like that right and someone right underneath they went like um, they went no I reckon it will and he goes you want, want to bet any, <laughs> any money any money right <laughs> And so I just wrote in the thing. I'm like, I'll take that bet, five grand. <laughs> right? And he's like, no, Jim, I actually like you, but uh, look, I'm not here to talk whether you like you me or bet. not. I want to fucking bet. I'll take the bet. Oh, my God. What's the story you told me about? Was it Packer, the guy who said he was at a, ga- a poker game, and then a guy was bragging about having $30 million? Yeah, yeah. And he said, I'll, he said, I'll toss you for your fortune. Yeah, the guy was like bragging. Like, I got $30 million. Yeah, yeah. And like, then James... Coin toss. Yeah. He's like, I'll flip you for it. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the Packers. The second most rich Australians. Who's the richest Australian? Rupert Murdoch. Oh, it's Rupert Murdoch. Rupert yeah, of Murdoch. course. But he's not Australian anymore. He's an American. So, but uh, he was the richest person. Oh my I'm watching God. that. Like, I'm just watching like the '90s now. Yeah, I watched the '60s, the '70s, the '80s. Those CNN documentaries. I love them. Yeah, but the '60s was so good because it was like um, uh, Bay of Pigs and assassinations. Martin Luther King then died, and then these, uh, you know, Kennedy's brother then got assassinated. And there's all this stuff. It's like. And civil rights movement, shit was going, the Beatles, right? Shit was going down, right, in the 60s. And the 70s was like, oh, man, we're all fucking Vietnam and wasted on time. And then the 80s got like, ah, oh, the Cold War was happening like this. And now they're really trying to sell the 90s. And you really realize that not much went on. Like, the Gulf, the Gulf War, okay, you can't compare that to Vietnam. No, and, you know. Clinton getting a blowjob. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> Chain wallets. You know, I feel like watching the 90s after all those specials is like watching all the behind the musics and then getting to the Goo Goo Dolls one. Yeah, yeah. Where you're like, oh, they're 
Their big struggle was that he had a little bit of writer's block. <laughs> Not that uh, you know he couldn't go on stage because someone was blowing coke in his asshole. Well, the, 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 the 90s, they did the TV because I always liked the TV episode. They always start you off with the TV episode. And the, the 60s was like it was the dawn of television, and you know, and then the 70s was was all that, and then even the 80s was like um, who's that guy, uh, the old fella now? Um, Which one? That produced all the TV shows. What Norman Lear? Norman Lear. Right? It was all about Norman Lear and all the shit he did. And now it's like the 90s start off like this. Full House was very popular. <laughs> <laughs> Full House is very popular. Everyone liked Friends. And there was like the 30 minutes they were going, it was, it was like they were your friends and you were watching it. And you're like, yeah, Friends was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, that's like, right. and, the, and the antithesis to, to Seinfeld. And you're like, all right, we had some good shows. Yeah. You know, but, yeah, so, it's a, so these decades fought so hard before it so there could be like one chill decade i think i think the music episode will be good because music did pick up because you can listen to anything from the 90s now and it can still seem pretty current because right. it all went back to guitars no saxophone synthesizers and right grunge you can still listen to nirvana it sounds current well and when you think about the 90s though uh internet we get the internet in the yeah 90s. yeah they've already done that we started talking about uh and then silicon valley and yep. the internet and then steve jobs was doing something God, I was watching, a, I just saw a clip, and I really want to see the show I'm from uh, the Defiant Ones. Yeah, I haven't seen it. People said it's very good. I saw the, the clip of Eminem talking about how he and Dr. Dre ended up working together, and it was just a fluke, and someone just gave Dre a, like a CD of hit. And Eminem, and I'm saying this, and people are going to go, yeah, duh, everyone fucking knows that. But an incredible improviser. Yeah. Like a legitimately incredible, mind-blowing improviser. Yeah, he's, he's, he's one of those guys that doesn't even really like being famous. It's just that he, there's no way he couldn't have been. Right. He's just too talented not to be famous. Yeah, and it just, it was at, and I, I you know, because obviously I don't have the musical skill set, so I just, I put everything back to comedy, mm. and I'm trying to draw the parallels between like, oh, what are the what are the real standout, you know, yeah, like, yeah. what's the real standout comedy thing, or what's going on now, or what state are we in now? It's um, we talk, I, I, have you watched my show? You don't have to say. Yes. I have I've not watched. No, okay, I've, well, not, Brad, I've, I've watched clips of your show. I've not watched. Brad Pitt's our weatherman. Yes, right. Yeah, yes. you're just talking about people just getting together by accident, right? So this is the thing with Brad Pitt, right? He, it turns out he's a big comedy fan, and he just asked to be on the show. <laughs> right? I hope you auditioned him. No, no, this is what happened. He asked to be on the show, and then my management were like this. My management were like, okay, why don't you talk about how he builds homes in like New Orleans and, and some political cause that he might be into? Uh, and I said, well, how about we just make him our weatherman? And they're like, we hate that. They're like, and we got the same management. We've got the same management yeah, yeah, team, yeah. right? And so Alex was like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't even pitch that to him. <laughs> <laughs> right so they were already blocking it before i got there and so i ring up brad and i'm like ah oh, you know i've got these ideas he goes i don't i don't like them i don't i don't like that one either I don't like that one. Okay. How, about, how about you could be our weatherman love it okay <laughs> <laughs> and he came down once and did the weatherman and we thought it'd be a one-off and then he's like so come back next week and i'm like yeah that's fucking amazing <laughs> yeah, he's been on four episodes <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he's so nice and it's like it's the only time that we put like a big trailer out that's our one expense we have we, so we, trailer. yeah you, you do want to put that expense yeah we give him a trailer he's the, the, it's probably the best trailer of any weatherman <laughs> in the modern world well now it's now it's like um, so I'm friends with Russell Crowe so I, I ring him up he rings he texts me and he goes he goes Brad Pitt you weatherman that's how I imagine he said it right 
And I said, yeah. And I was like, do you want to be the sports guy? <laughs> <laughs> and just talk about rugby? Yeah. He's like, oh, I'll think about it. Oh, <laughs> I'm still like, I'm still trying to get uh, Russell Crowe to be my sports guy. I mean, you really, if your show, if all of your correspondents were like Oscar winning performers, <laughs> that would be Absolutely incredible. Yeah, I'm just going to ask every famous person I've ever met. And just, I feel like you, I feel like once you get those two, you can get anyone, right? You just keep asking. You well, go. You know what's great about it is that no one ever asks them to do shit like that. Yeah, because yeah. everyone has this preconceived this notion. preconceived notion. Like, well, they're never going to do that. But I bet they're dying to do shit like that. Where mm. the, it's low stakes. They don't have to carry anything. They live down the road. They can just come in and fuck yeah, around yeah. and be and have fun. Yeah, but did you? But see- it's when when Brad's on set though, it's like funny because we do a rehearsal where the writers come in, and then um, the Brad pit bit gets filmed before before a studio audience comes in, right? Because timing, you had to do it at a different hour or whatever, right? Anyway, when that happens, all of a sudden, all the writers' wives show up to work. That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just by total coincidence. Just by total coincidence. Just, I just want to see where you're working, honey. Yeah. And every guy's like, oh god, I'm gonna fuck it. <laughs> Oh, my sister's here as well. <laughs> you know what a fan of Jim Jeffries I am. I have all of his records. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't put out records. And they're all overly laughing at these bits. <laughs> but I laugh at anything I do in rehearsal. Silence. And then all of a sudden, Brad's on there like, oh, and they're uh, chortling. When is that guy going to be done? No, that's Jim. He's yeah. the host of the, his show. <laughs> this is his fucking show. But did, did, I think maybe you told me a story about how... You were having a conversation with Brad Pitt, and he very sincerely said something like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm kind of going through a breakup. And you go, yeah, I know. Everybody knows. <laughs> and he just was unaware. Yeah, yeah, because he's, 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 very, he's very sweet. Yeah, he was unaware very... that everyone... Well, was... When I first met him, we talked about, like, and I don't want to... I don't know don't have to talk too about much it. I can say. We, I was going through a breakup, and we were just a couple of single dads. Yeah. It was very sweet. It was very sweet. How's your kid? It was just like, yeah, it broke the ice very well. Well, that's one of the things that's great about podcasting is being able to talk to people... And removing that whole layer of, because I don't, I think most people are very self-aware and probably get very uncomfortable when people come up and go, "Oh my God, I love you, you're the greatest guy." Like, yeah. th- you should feel weird about that. Yeah, you should never be cool with that. Yeah, and if you are, then you're probably a sociopath. Yeah, but you still get starstruck occasionally. I, I would imagine me. Yeah. Oh, I get starstruck all the time. Yeah. But but I'm but but I, I mean I sat, pushing I, it down. I, I was at dinner last night in Providence in L.A. Providence, the restaurant Providence, and uh, Crispin Glover sat, was sitting next to me. Did you talk to him? I didn't. No, he seems like a weird guy. No, he's been on the pod. He is in a great way. Right. It, but uh, it was a, a fine restaurant. I didn't want to bother him. Just but he, he's at the table right next to me. Hey, Crispin Glover. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, it's, and it's like you want to start thinking about movies you did do that aren't Back to the Future. Right. Because you don't want to go Back to the Future. So you think, oh, go through the catalog of <laughs> Hot Top Time Machine. Big fan. Ah, bro, there you go. <laughs> or uh, Willard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I think, uh, but what I'm saying is that if you are a celebrity and you ever, and you don't feel weird about having people come up and shower you with. Yeah. Then, and then. Oh, you're saying from the other from end. From the other yes, end, it's yes, weird. Yes, no, I get, it should I get. be weird. You should never really get used to that, I, I don't think. Yeah, I think, but I think people who want to be famous, like internet, Instagram models and stuff like that, I think they enjoy it. Yes. Because fame is their motivation. And it's, not, a, it's a currency. Yeah, the fame is their motivation, not the thing that makes you famous. Right. And the thing that we're famous for is comedy, and that's that's the love, not the fame. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I... I, yeah, I, I um. I get used to it a lot more after a gig. You know, if you're in a bar straight after a gig, I get used to it. But I've still never been used to it in a shopping mall, someone coming up to me. 
Hey, well, it's going to happen a lot more now. My, well, my dad, my dad's just got the onsets of like early dementia, oh, right? No. Just very, very, very early, very, very early, right? So he's got, so it's not tragic yet, right? But there was the one weird thing because in Australia, I, I do you know big like rooms, you know, and um, I was walking on the street and some guy came up and went, "You are a legend, mate. Can I, can I have a photo with you?" And my dad took the photo. And my dad turned to the bike and went. Why do you want a photo with him? Oh. Like my dad couldn't, oh, no. his brain couldn't. Oh, that's so, that's so sad. And then afterwards, he's like, "Why does that guy want a photo with you? That's weird." Oh, did, did was he just loot? Did he not? He just forgot that I was famous, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't like it was just his son, and his son's not famous. Of course, of course. Right. So that's the you know that's the weird thing that. How he old made. is he? Uh, 76. He's 76 years Yeah, but it's, old. it's very... It won't, he won't start to have real problems until into his 80s. Oh, okay. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. So, and to be honest with you, he wasn't, he wasn't remembering a lot of shit in his 40s. You know what I mean? Like, right. Like, dad was always a forgetful fella. So yeah. He might have had this for years and no one noticed. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I know my, my, my dad died when he was 72, but in the last few years of his life, he would repeat things yeah. and he would forget he didn't really have a short-term memory retention, even though he could tell you stuff from 30 years ago. Right. And... I I I was wondering like uh, is this go I mean is this a precursor I don't I don't really know what the uh, what the first the first stages are well I think the way they test I'm sure there's a scan of some kind but the way they test my dad is they ask you a lot of simple questions and see and you know you have to get like seventy percent of it right Can I, but honestly because you're a really you're a busy guy and I'm a busy guy if someone sat us down and asked us a hundred really simple questions. Because our brains are in so many different directions, don't you think we would? Yeah, but these are pretty simple. What day of the week is it? Oh, gotcha. Um, I have to think about that sometimes. Yeah. So. <laughs> Actually, what is like it? today is Thursday. <laughs> it is Thursday. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's zero uh, for one. Um, and what are the name of your grandchildren? Okay. And that- my dad went. There's, there's Sam, and there's the the, the blonde one. Oh, okay. And the, oh, what, what's that one? Oh. You know. So that was it. Was simple questions like that. Gotcha, gotcha. But I, you know, yeah, there's. I, I I sometimes forget the order of the months or the order of the seasons. Right. The months I always get. The right. seasons, I'm like, what's the one after summer? <laughs> well, like it's I, one of the milder temperatures. It's either autumn or spring. Well, your brain has I you know a finite amount of of capacity. Yeah. And so when you get caught up all day, you know all day doing all the things that you are doing to essentially power your life. I feel like your brain just kind of like finds little bits of RAM wherever it can, so it scoops out things like that. It's like, Autumn, we don't need that right now. It's I spring. I studied univer- uh, music at university. I used to be able to notate without even hearing something, a manuscript of music, and know exactly what it would sound like just from looking at it or writing it, right? And I, the other day, I, I couldn't read music. <laughs> right. Your brain didn't need it I anymore. I haven't done it in like 15 years. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. Fuck. But I bet if you started... I think I think I could probably get it down again in about four hours. It would come if back. If I just really sat there and yeah, just fucking for four hours. It would really hours. come back. But, but I couldn't just read it just naturally like words. Is it, uh, are you, do you think you're going to write about it? Are you going to write about what's going on with your dad, do you think? Um, yes, I see more what's going on. My mother's got, just got Parkinson's. Now, that's funny because... Um, <laughs> no, because my, mother, my mother's... A, uh, she's always ill. She's always been ill. So when she says she has Parkinson's, everyone just went, huh, all right. Because she's always got sure, an ailment. Sure, right. And so when she was she was very young, she had polio, which is very bad. Oh my god! Right? So she lived through that. And I think because if she had polio as a kid, and everyone came and visited her in the hospital, and and she couldn't walk for a year, that she maybe she enjoys being sick now. Sure, because people visit. And, sure, you know, oh, how are you doing? You right. Know? 
And so my whole, like, like by the time she was my age, she had this back that, that was so bad. I, my back's bad, my back's bad, that I thought she was an invalid, right? My mum can hardly move, her back is so bad, you know, she should be in a wheelchair, right? Anyway, then she got diabetes, and I haven't heard about the back in like, <laughs> I, haven't heard, I haven't heard about the back in 30 years. <laughs> So it's just one thing. Yeah, yeah, right? So she's had diabetes. Oh, my diabetes, my sugar levels. Oh. Anyway, Parkinson's just come in. I haven't heard about diabetes. <laughs> what's next? Yeah, what's next? Cancer's got to beat Parkinson's, right? I don't know, actually. If she gets like a tumor that's got like a week. It may be so. Yeah, then yeah, maybe like, it does, like, yeah. But at the moment, she's just like, oh, I've got Parkinson's. You've never heard anyone happier to have Parkinson's disease that's than a- my mother. <laughs> 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 she's over the moon about it. <laughs> I, I ring I ring her up and she's just like, how are you, mum? Oh, my park. Is dad there? Oh, yes, I'll get him. I'll but, get but it. It's hard to hold the phone with my Parkinson. She does. That's, but you have a... I had, I had a friend in Britain. Uh, I think it was Paul, Paul Bentley or Bentley, like the actor. Right. And he had... I, I'm not speaking out of term. He's a nice fellow, a good comic. Um, and he had... He has Parkinson's so bad that he really shook, like really so right. obviously Parkinson's. So his stand-up routine was a lot about shaking a lot and having Parkinson's, as right. as it would be, right? Right. But then what happened was he fucking uh, they put him on this medication and he was as solid as a rock, and it fucked his whole stand. <laughs> <laughs> like he, said, he said to me, he goes, oh, i got to write a whole new set. Fucking this medication's working too well. <laughs> well, that is it because things do have to happen to write about. Yeah, it's like if Brad Williams grew tall all of a sudden. He'd exactly. be like, oh, this screws me. God damn it. <laughs> but, there is, but there is something about it because it... You know, I feel like your your journey as a comic is your sort of journey to get to know yourself and what your identity is, and you might shed a few identities along the way. But having to start with a whole new identity is a whole new series of fuck. Who am I? I what do I, had I like? To deal with a lot, um, not being broke. Early on in my career, my whole thing was I'm broke. I've got no fucking money. Now you, you can't do that. It would can't be do that. it would be not. Authentic. And it's always like I was in the dollar store and I was buying a thing. And right. you know what I mean, it was a funny story that, of the everyday man. And I, I now I don't really have that anymore. So I try to, you know. And also, it used to be a lot of stuff about my childhood, and that stuff runs out because your childhood's only so long. Right. I've, I've told every story, and you can't. Your every special can't be about your childhood. Well, this is the weird thing because then I start talking about my child's childhood, right? My son's childhood, and then people are like, oh, he just talks about his son, and so I'm, I'm thinking about just stealing his childhood <laughs> and just saying these are things that happened to me. <laughs> Because then it seems more authentic or personal. Hey, you kid, go play with knives. Tell me about it. <laughs> Tell me what happens. <laughs> You're just sending him off on on danger missions. Oh, my kid, man. I, when the billboard for uh, for the Jim Jeffries show was put up, I got told by a friend, like, it's on Sunset. The billboard's on Sunset. So I picked up Hank from school. And you know, like, in that bit of Sunset without that Comedy Central billboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of billboards around there. Right. right? And there's a big, tall one. It's a whole building on the left. Yeah. Right? And so I said, Hank, we're going to see a very special billboard and you'll know it as soon as you see it like that, right? And we're driving along. I guess, is that one? No, not that one. It's coming up. You'll know it when you see it, right? And then we drive up to my big fucking head on a billboard <laughs> and then my son looks past it the next one and goes, new Minions movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, your son, your son, just part of the curse of you being a dad is that your son is probably not going to be overly impressed outwardly well, by the, anything. the first, I told this story on Conan, I think, but the first billboard um, that I had up was for one of my Netflix specials. 
And the billboard, the special was called Freedom. And the billboard was me sitting like an eagle with like machine guns mm-hmm. and an American flag hanging off me, this giant eagle, you know, acting all American, right? Yeah. And so my son sees that on the way home. And he comes home and I'm playing a video game. And he sits down next to me. He goes, hey, uh, dad. And he, and he goes, uh, were you riding on a big eagle? <laughs> and I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I was. He goes, when, when did that happen? And I went, the other day. And he goes, where, where was I? I go, you're at school. He goes, that's fucked. <laughs> and I never heard him say that word. He hasn't said it since or before. Did you laugh? I, I, he used it properly. He did use it properly. And he used fuck, not fuck. That's fuck. Does he have an accent? Does he have an, your no, accent? he has an American He has an American accent. accent. American accent. How are you going to prevent, you know, from someone who grew up without a lot of means and resources... How are you going to ensure that your kid's not going to be a I, there's no way. spoiled asshole? There's no way. There's no way. I'll tell you what happened, right? I was getting to start to feel that, that like, he just fucking... He was riding his bike around in the house the other day. Oh, yeah. And I was like, that can't be right. <laughs> right? He's riding around in the... We have marble floors. He's riding around the house. I'm like, fuck this kid. And so I was like, every time we fly, I fly business class. He's sitting next to me in a big chair. And I said, all right, this is what we're doing. We're getting an RV. We're booking a whole lot of gigs. We're me and his mum were still together. We're booking a whole lot of gigs. I go, I'm driving to each gig and we're camping at fucking each venue. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to rough it like this, right? And then like AEG and Bill Steam were like, ah, Jim, that's a, yeah, that's a lot of driving and you're going to be tired and you want to have your sleep and then you're going to do a show. And how about we just get you a van and we get you a driver so you don't have to do the driving. You can stay in the back with your kid and you can, right? I was like, all right, I'll do that. And then they're like, but then you'll still need hotels. It's a van. It's not a, like a. Like, so in the end, I I, I I took Lenny Kravitz tour bus. <laughs> a van, just a little van. <laughs> and I came out in the morning. My my kid was eating a bowl of cereal, watching TV. Yeah, like, and I was like, oh god, yeah, he's, le- he's learned nothing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I would imagine that's the. It's just something that I'm curious about for when I have kids and other friends of mine who are who are doing very well are having this struggle of like, well, I want him to be able to do fun, cool things. Yeah. But I, how do you make sure that go, they don't go, get entitled? Going to Disneyland and paying for the front of the line people. Right. right. Because I don't want to line up. Right. And a lot of it's not that you want him to do fun things. I don't want to do bad things. Right. Yeah, I, and so it's like it's this – because – I want him to sit in economy, but I'm not going to sit in fucking... I don't want to sit in economy myself, right? So it's very hard to... Yeah, I, I, I bet the struggle is a lot different. For, but, I, you know, things I haven't done, I'm not um, giving him an inheritance that is sitting there. Uh, yeah, what do they call it? Uh, what, a trust? Trust fund. I'm not giving him a trust fund. I put a little bit into a college fund, but, you know, I feel like I'm going to make him get a job. It's right. one of the things I'm going to do when he's 15, go work at the fucking dog on a stick right. place or whatever, right. Wetzel's Pretzels or whatever, right? And uh, yeah, I'm going to make him do that. Yeah. You know, but like, you know, fundamentally, it still goes home to the same house. And yeah, I, don't think, I don't think you can stop it. The good thing about my kid is, and, and this is like, sounds like just a pr- proud parent, but it's true. Mike and other people who meet him, he's, he's just really good. I'm all for discipline. I just don't have to discipline him. He doesn't. I've given him like three timeouts, and they were like tragic moments in his life that he still talks about. Oh, like, that's sweet. Yeah, like, and he's got friends that come over and st- spend the night, and I'm like, these fucking kids, are... <laughs> right? And the parents are disciplining the shit out of them. They're opening pill bottles and climbing into cupboards, and you know, I'm like, what is? 
You know what it is, though? <clears throat> you gave him a cool name. Hank is a pretty cool name. Yeah, yeah. Hank's if he cool. was like a Skyler or a Taylor, he'd be a fucking asshole. Yeah. Like, you got to be really careful not to give your kid a douchebag name. And I'm sorry if anyone out there is a Skyler or a Taylor. But I mean, oh, he's, but, but he's, when got, you, he's got some at his school that you're like, oh, but right. You know, but you know that's a name you, he get, you hear get yelled at the Grove. Mm. Skyler! <laughs> Skyler, stop it. Come here. Put that down. You already have an iPhone. I'm well, not getting you a third one. Scott, my producer, um, he. Uh, he, me, and him took uh, our kids are the same age. We took them to Disneyland. Sorry, I'm stuttering today. Took them to Disneyland, and uh, it was Jack and Hank. Ah, oh, that's great. And you're like, where's Jack and Hank? It felt like we were, we were taking two old men around with us. Yeah. Yeah, we'll catch you up to you. You know what you got to do, though, is you got to get the front of the line passes for you guys, but then make the kids wait in line yeah, and go, well, this, you get, this is how you learn. They're still molestable. Oh, okay, yeah. You, you got to wait till they're gotta, not molest. When they're 13, I'll Then be like, you can do yeah, it. Yeah, off you go. Then you... <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I'll happily when he's 13, sit in economy. I'll be up front here, mate. I'll, <laughs> I'll see you in Boston. I'm on a board now. Yeah. You're not till group four, yeah, so yeah. you got to chill I'll here. I'll tell you a great boarding story. This is a great story. So I'm sitting, I'm, I'm at um, JFK, and I'm flying to LA, and I'm diamond because of how much I fly with, sure. with Delta, and, and uh, the line's huge, and it's one of these ones with the flatbeds. There's only a few flights that do it domestically, but it had the flatbeds, right? And so... They let in first, they let in. So there's the line going to the right, which is all the people who are premium passengers and SkyMile Plus people. Mm-hmm. And the right, the long line to the left, which is everyone else, right? And so this lady, this sort of older Jewish lady, is just like, oh, this line has never been so long. I can't imagine. Oh, and so I'm just sort of just ignoring her. And Anyway, so uh, then they go, anyone in a wheelchair, come on. Anyone with kids, come on. Uh, diamond medallions, come on. So I get to leave first. And then everybody else from that line, right? right? So there's only like 10 diamond people all going. And I sit down, and this, this lady, same lady, she's sitting in the chair just next to me, right? And she goes, she goes, oh, she goes, um, she goes, how did you become diamond? I've never met anyone who's diamond before. You must travel a lot. Why do you travel so much? And I'm, I've opened up a magazine now. Like, I'm really not you don't communicating wanna... at right. all, right? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I, um, I, I work in entertainment, right? And then she goes, why do you do in entertainment? <laughs> I said, uh, I'm, a, I'm a... It's a question you never I, want to answer. I, I, I'm a comedian. And then she goes, I work in entertainment as well. And I said, oh, yeah, what do you do? And she goes, I cast all of Martin Scorsese's films. <laughs> oh, and then you get very and then interested. And I put the magazine out. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden I'm like... Oh, well. Let me tell you about diamond status. I'm allowed to take one companion with me. What are you doing? Anyway, I chatted to her. She's a very nice lady. I chatted to her about, we talked about Martin Scorsese films, and I talked for five hours. Afterwards, I get off the plane, and I, I ring Alex, my ma- our manager, and I go, I go, Alex, I, I just sit next to the lady who uh, does fucking Martin Scorsese's films. And he goes, I know her. I'll ring her up right now. And he fucking rings her up, and he goes, she loves you. She thinks you're the most charming young man she's ever met. She thinks you're a delight. And I'm like, he goes, what we'll do is we'll get her to come to one of your gigs, right? And I'm like, all right, brilliant. And they, and they, they, they go, do you want to come to a gig? And she goes, I'd love to. And then she rings back 10 minutes. I just watched one of the clips. No, thank you. Oh, no. Oh, no. no. So, 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 close. so after all that good work, it turned so out that I was still a dirtbag anyway. And <laughs> Did you ever? Do you have a clean set? I might. I, I, do, I haven't told that story in years. I'm doing. 
I'm doing Colbert. I might tell that story on Colbert. It's a good story. It's right? a great story. Yeah, I'll tell. Yeah. And also, it could give her a little bit of a wake up call, like, oh, he's okay after yeah, 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 yeah. all. Yeah, I think that would be a good story. Do I have a clean set? Do you have a clean set? I no, no, I don't believe in doing stand up comedy on television. I only believe in doing it on specials. You can do a special on television. I just mean like for corporate gigs and stuff. Oh, no, 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 no. I One time when I first got here, Comedy Central was interested in me like eight years ago. And I'd just come from Britain. And they went, maybe you can get a half hour. Can you do a clean half hour? And they go, and like my new management were like, this is the only hookup we've got. Right? And I'm like, all right, yeah, I can do it. And I was terrible. <laughs> did you edit your current your set, or did you yeah, have to write new took stuff? Took out the swear words, and it just it didn't flow. It's like, no, I'm nothing without it. Evidently, I didn't know. I just and also for corporate sets, what is this fucking? Who wants to do a corporate set? Every time I do like a charity gig, I feel weird. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you know, fucking. And then that's when I shot all over the back of the... Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we're here for the kids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like... Uh, <laughs> Give generously. Well, they, yeah, like... Um, yeah, they always ask me at like, my kid's school to do like a set. And I'm like, no, no, no I'm not. <laughs> By I, the way, you I don't want to go up in front of other parents and Yeah, have I have to... to hang out with the other parents. And... Yeah, you don't want to do but that. But there's other famous parents at the school. I, I've been told that Daft Punk goes to my school. Oh, really? But I don't know who they are because they're not in their helmets. <laughs> <laughs> There's not like a kid with a tiny little helmet on. Yeah. Like, oh, there he is. He looks like the big pen guy. Yeah, I keep on looking like, who's Daft Punk? <laughs> Did you ever tell, would you, uh, you don't have to, the story about, because there, it's just there were so many insane people at that party. Oh, I tell that on stage. Oh, you do? Yeah, yeah, that's going to be in my next stand-up special. Oh, it's, that's so It's great. a 20-something minute story. It's oh. a very, very long story about me going to perform... At uh, Mariah Carey's party. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can't tell it right now. Don't tell it, it now because it you're doing it for your special. I'm do it on a special. But as a I teaser. Told it, I told an abridged version on Kimmel, which was like a four-minute version of right. it. Right. But, but the, the, the whole thing is... Uh, and also, the story that I tell on stage isn't as extreme as what actually happened. There's things I left out that <laughs> I just... Protect. I just don't want to be blacklisted from the entertainment course, business. So there's things I haven't said, you know. Yeah. But yeah, it was pretty... It was pretty extreme. The it long was, and short of it is you were performing at Mariah Carey's birthday party and there were a lot of famous people there and weird shit happened. And so people, when you tell that on stage, I am excited to see you tell well, the, the 20 The weird thing is because I, I, the, the end of the story ends with me talking to Al Pacino for like five minutes of the thing, right? So there's a five-minute Al Pacino impersonation. And I'm not an impersonator, but I think with impersonations, if you just, I was just doing the gist of it. Yeah. And now I can do it. Just over time, I've just I've just gotten it. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to do it now because I don't think it's the voice. I think it's the face and all that type of stuff. Right. But, but he, yeah, he um, he's exactly what you want him to be. Exactly. I <clears throat> I wrote on a an AFI tribute to him maybe ten or eleven years ago. Jeremy Piven was hosting, and they Blaine Capach and I went and basically would write jokes for him as he would come off stage as shit would happen we'd write jokes and give him jokes and they were honoring Al Pacino and it was so strange just sort of being there backstage just as a I mean I was invisible but mm. I was watching this whole thing unfold and he was just like talking to these other like the most fa- like the Charlize Theron's of the world he was like I don't know I mean they said uh, you know uh, show up and uh, you know they want to give me an award and I don't know why should I get an award <laughs> like he was he was even at that point in his career Seem to still not really understand why someone would want to give him an award. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's he's uh, he actually said "hoo ha" in front of me. 
Like, like, like when I do it in the impersonation, I think people think I'm making that up. He actually said, like he said to me, he goes, oh, I like what you do. Oh, you tell stories. Nobody tells stories anymore. You tell a story. I'm very much enjoying this tale. And then you get distracted. And I think, oh, no, I'll never hear the end of the story. But then you come back to the story and I'm like, hoo-ha, you remembered the whole time. <laughs> That's exactly what he said to me. Was your mouth agape? Like, this is, like, how is this my life? Because that was a weird thing, because that's a little stand-up trick. And Billy Conley used to do that very well. Billy Conley used to tell, like, a story, and then, like, 15 minutes later, he'd finish the story, and, and you go off on this tangent forever, and you think, oh, oh I never remember. And I always thought, oh, he's forgotten. And I used to fall for it, and I, I do that now. I, I just, you bring it back around. You bring it back, but I, of course you haven't forgotten. You know exactly where you are in the story. It's just a trick. But that's what's so great is that when you do bring it back around, people are like, it's kind of the ta-da yeah. moment. People yeah, are like, yeah. oh, he remembered. Yeah, and all you have to bring it back is, well, well anyway, <laughs> so the cop was standing there, right? <laughs> as soon as you do that, everyone's happy again. How often are you performing now? I'm going away this week. I'm doing Santa Rosa and San Jose, and I just did Vegas. I'm doing like maybe two weekends a month. Oh, that's on top, great! On top of the show, you know, that's fantastic. But it's but it's tricky because we do a lot of the writing on Friday and Monday, so it's like you know I want to be back on time or whatever. And I hate missing Fridays for that very reason. Right? Do you perform locally at all? Um, not at the moment. It, it's like being a single dad and having the show and also doing other gigs. My time's pretty taken up. Right. You know? Um, and yeah, I would, but it's, it's just, I haven't had the availability of late. I don't understand the guys who get up every fucking night in town. It's yeah. Like, what are you looking for? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're, you're on the road as well. <laughs> And it's like, it's this weird thing when people go, hey, come down to my show. It's a great room. You know what's a great room? A 3,000 seat theater That's I did on the weekend. That's a great That's room. That's a great room. Yeah. And now you want me to come to a pub and like nothing against it. I'm right. ground roots comedy. Love it. Right? right. But then it's like, it's a great place to try out new stuff. No, no, no. Once again, the 3,000 seater, way better. <laughs> They're way more forgiving. They already like me. Coming in, they paid money yeah. and got in their and cars. And guess and put what? The 3,000 people in Kansas, there's no executive from Comedy Central in the mm. audience by accident. You know, it really is, I mean, like, it is a tremendous feat to be able to convince people to put on pants, mm. it separate themselves from money that they have worked hard for. Yeah. Get in their cars, go park, deal with other people, sit down in a seat and focus on this. That is a tremendous yeah, yeah. feat to get even one person to do that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, 3,000 people. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's I, I, the biggest gig I've ever done was I did the Melbourne, I don't know, like Perth uh, Tennis Arena. That was 11,000 or something like that. Damn. And when you get into that one, like we've done those big uh, oddball shows yes, together yes. where it's like 20,000 right. people. But it is that weird thing where people heckle at that stage and you're like, don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you can yell out whatever you want. I'm not talking to you. No one, you know. What I found about the, with the dynamics of that that was interesting, I thought was interesting, is that when you're in a club or even, I think, up to 3,000, I think 3,000 is like the max before mm. it gets uncontrollable. Well, well, well 5,000 with a roof feels the same as 30,000 without a roof. Got it. Yeah, yeah that's that, that makes sense. Yeah. But what I was, what I noticed when we did the oddball, because I think you know those shows were fifteen to twenty two thousand people or something, yeah. is that whereas in a club you might have like a you know a person over here who's a heckler or a person over here who's not into it or a person over there who's a bigger laugher, but in an amphitheater that 
becomes sections. It's like this section is a heckler. This section yeah. is a good laugher. This section's not into it. Yeah, it's it's also that weird thing is with those oddball shows is there's fans of certain people <laughs> who are tolerating yeah, everyone. Yeah, else. yeah, they're tolerating everyone. They've just come to see one or two acts. Yeah, like, like we did the ones with Dave Chappelle. Was that we on that one? I it was one of the like four I didn't do. I did the Dave Chappelle and the Fly the Concords ones, and they couldn't be two different audiences more. You know what I mean? So there's Fly the Concord fans and there's Dave Chappelle fans. Oh, I'm sorry. I misunderstood. Dave hopped on. The, I did the following year. Dave hopped on a few of those shows. I did not do that. That tour right. I heard was incredible. That was that was the best one, I think. But it was just um, like when I went out, it was like if there was 20,000 people, there was 1,000 people who really liked me. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. We were really excited. Okay, and when you get that thousand people standing ovation from the twenty thousand, are they in all different? Places? Yeah, it's just very weird. Like everyone's not committing to this. It sort of looks like one of those things where you mash your hand into all the pins and just like, <laughs> pins stick up, and the rest of them are flat. Yeah, I, 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 I always find the standing ovation to be a weird one because not everyone's into it. But some people just do it because they're like, oh, yeah. And then the one, at the, like the one at the end, the standing ovation at the end, I, I don't count that one because everyone's getting up to leave anyway. Oh, that's true. And it's like, yo, you got a standing up at the end. I'm like, well, yeah, everyone's just leaving. Leaving. They just did like a two hour show. That, but it'd be weird tired. if you got a standing ovation in the middle of the show, though. Yeah, that's never happened. That's that's gonna be that. That's, be too that's weird. never happened. I, I I want one of those now. Has anyone hit you in the face recently on stage? Uh, not recently. I've I've had. I've had two proper attacks, and I've had, <laughs> and then I've had another um, three attacks that were that were fought, that were actually beaten before I got uh, before they got to me, were tackled on stage. Oh my so. god! And now one attack was on stage, which was on film, was the Manchester Comedy Store, which um, everyone's seen on YouTube, or you might have seen on YouTube. And then another one was just I was in like Nottingham, and I finished the gig just uh, in a, like a comedy club, and a guy just came up after. Um, behind me and smashed my head into a table, Fra- fractured my skull. Just didn't didn't like the show. Wait, <laughs> waited his time. I, I hadn't discuss- I hadn't talked to him. I, I I still couldn't tell you what the guy looked like. I woke up in an ambulance. Oh my god! Uh, and I and I just bang into the table and just boom. And actually, I didn't wake up. I woke up on a gurney, uh, being taken to an ambulance, and just with a bachelorette party of fucking northern English chicks with bunny ears on, going, that guy was a fucking asshole. Like, it was a weird, like, is this heaven? Did he get arrested? Or- um, I, I, I think what happened was, I think the security gave him a kicking, and um, but then I got a $10,000 from the British government for um, a victim of crime. Now, this is the thing. You can talk about socialized healthcare or whatever. I wasn't a British citizen. Jim Jeffries isn't my real name. I went like, you know, I've got a stage name. Jeffrey James Nugent is my real name. Okay. Jeffrey James, Jim Jeffries, whatever. Yeah. Sure. I went into the hospital as Jim Jeffries. No one ever checked my identification. I was in there for five days and then I just walked out at the end. (laughs) And someone handed you a check. Yeah, yeah. And then someone handed me a check for 10 grand. (laughs) That's not not bad. And I was, I wasn't, I was just basically a tourist living there. Why did you change your name? Well, the, I, 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 I had a promising musical theatre career at one stage, an opera scene career. That what? Yeah, very, this amount of time in my life. Oh, my God. And so I studied musical theatre at university. And then in my, my summer job outside of school was I went and sang for the Australian Opera for two operas, right? Just in the chorus, right? And so that was my summer job was being an opera singer, right? And so... I wanted to be this dirty comedian or whatever like that. And I thought, oh, 
Well, Jeffrey Nugent could be the na- name of that guy if that career takes off. <laughs> <laughs> so you have the two separate. I walked on stage the first time, and it's Jeffrey with a G, G O W F R E Y, and Nugent N U G E N T, right? And I walked on, and the first open mic spot I did, someone said, "Please welcome Godfrey Nugent." <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that's not even close <laughs> Godfrey Nugent and so I'm like I'm like we have to, we have to fix this right? and so Nugent I never even heard of Ted Nugent like it wasn't a very well known name in a, is this still working yeah, yeah 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 it wasn't a very well known name in Australia so I was like alright so my name's Jeffrey James and I thought I'll change to uh, Jeffrey James will be my name and then I thought no Jim Jeffrey sounds better Jeffrey it does sound good. Yeah, yeah, it sounds better. It, does, it has a nice it flow to it. Doesn't sound made up. Doesn't sound made up. And it's almost two first <laughs> names, but not two first yeah, names. Yeah. And so, yeah, Jeffrey James was two first names, and that always sounds stupid. Are you? Do you ever singing anymore? I, well, this is the whole thing. This is I, I got nodules on my vocal cords, and I had to have surgery. And the surgery is a lot better now. This is twenty years ago, and the surgery used to mean. Now they do it with lasers and you can talk like in two days. Mm-hmm. You used to get it done, scraped off with a scalpel, and they maybe they worked, maybe they didn't. You know, like Julie Andrews didn't work and she could never sing again. Right. Right? And so so I wasn't allowed to talk for months. And I had to move back in with my parents because I couldn't have a job or anything like that. And I was just sitting there with a notepad. Just, oh, man. Fucking, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then I was watching a shitload of stand-up specials. And I started thinking, I'd like to be a stand-up comedian. And then I thought, if I can't sing, I'll do that. Uh, I was just plotting my life. So, I had a lot of time on my hands to think. So it was almost the best thing that happened to you. Yeah, and then I, I actually got nodules again. Because from yelling or smoking or drugs or drinking or whatever the stuff gives it to you. You're just wearing your voice out. And so I, I can still sing in tune. But, you know, you wouldn't think I'm a great singer now. But I was a promising singer. I was, I was on scholarship university holy shit and uh, all, all that happened was i i sang in a uh, school musical and then there was like people like you have to go to this college and do this and learn how to sing and you know what i mean and so like straight out of school i went and auditioned for a course that three thousand people auditioned for and they give 20 spots to and it's the same course that hugh jackman did and he's all singing dancing yeah you know what I mean? and it was like going to fame like like the the TV the movie, yeah. show, mm-hmm. it was exactly like that. It was just girls just in leotards limbering up all the time. And I used to have like a lesson, like one a week that would be like you have to do an hour of tap. And oh you my have to, god! All this shit, and I, you only had to pass those subjects. My main jam was singing, and I did a bit of acting. And you know what happened to me was because I was six foot tall and slim at the time, or whatever. I was, a, and I was a tenor. They're always the romantic leads and everything. So they'd make me the romantic lead in all the productions at the university, right? And all the sort of fat sort of people were always the comedy relief or whatever. And I was the romantic lead and I was getting heaps of laughs by accident. Just, you know what I mean? I remember, that's why I remember thinking, I'm just funny to people. You know what I mean? Like I'm just, I got a weird head or something to me. I don't know. You know what I mean? So I started thinking, uh, I might do musical theater, but I'll do comedy parts, just comedy. So I had a healthy interest in comedy then. You know. And then it just you started doing stand up. Yeah, I just them. started doing stand up, and I didn't finish. I didn't finish my course in university. I got I got an offer from a um, a guy called Gary Who, who was a, a pretty popular comic in Australia, being on TV, and and he was going to play all the gold mining towns. And uh, he saw me in Perth doing a fucking 10-minute open spot. He said, oh, do you want to come with me and be my opening act? And I just quit university. Oh, the, that's fantastic. Like, like the offer was just too big to refuse. Yeah. I could hardly sing anymore because of the nodules. I was just getting by. 
you know, I was like, fuck this, I'm out. Yeah, and I told my parents who were shattered by the whole thing because there was something about singing in the opera or that type of arts that my mother found fancy. Well, she thought she could see you at the Sydney Opera House. Yeah, and the weird thing is, like, all my mates from college, like, like one of my best friends is a professional opera singer, a guy called Andrew Moran. He's a... Uh, and uh, I go and see him in the opera every time I'm in Australia, and it's and it's um it's a fucking shit living. <laughs> I'm so glad it didn't work out. It's just shit. unless you're like fucking Pavarotti, or you're singing in Italy or something. It's like you're paid for by the government. It's a subsidised art form these days. At least in Australia, it is. You know they can't they can't make their money back on the shows, and the shows only run for a couple of weeks. See something like. Like uh, over here, you can have a purpose-built set for something like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, right? But that set takes eight months to pay off, and then they're into profit. Operas run for two weeks; they can never There's pay the no fucking. So yeah. subsidised by the government because we feel yeah. like this is an art form we should keep, right? But in reality, in a hundred years, opera will be gone. Well, the other problem, I mean, the other problem, I would imagine, is sort of what you were going through, which is you'd have to maintain. Like, you're almost a prisoner of your own throat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my mate, he's just he scales every day, and he's this, and he's that, and you know, and then he has to sing every fucking, and it's that real. Here we are, that type of thing, you know, <laughs> where they have to speak like this, you know, and he does all that stuff all day, you know, that's a pain in the ass, you know. Or before shows, you can't really talk, I would imagine. Well, I used to, I used to, when we did operas, you know, because I did musical theatre and then I did operas as a second course. Um, uh, when we did operas, I, I didn't even know what I was saying. We meant to learn, like, do an hour of Italian and an hour of German every week and all that type of stuff, but I used to just go down to the library and rent, like, a CD of that opera and then just impersonate whatever fucking... <laughs> the diction that he said. Yeah. You know, that's the words, I right. guess. I, and then I go, is this a love song? All right, brilliant. That's all you need to know. <laughs> Listen, I don't think ABBA knew what English words were when they had all the hit songs. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, ABBA's more popular in Australia than anywhere on earth. Still? Yeah. They were number one in Australia before they were number one in Sweden. Is Dire Straits still like the most selling Australian yeah, band of all time? Maybe that sounds that sounds like a would track. Sounds like it tracks. It was like that was the first CD to sell a million CDs. Got it. And so that was that because it had that. I want my. And that was the one that every douchebag. Brothers in Arms. Yeah, in 1985, just listen to the quality of the CD. Listen to it. And the video was really cool because they was had like CG in it, and no one else had that yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like it was like they saw Max Headroom, and then they sort of. I haven't brought up Max Headroom in years. You know what's funny is that wait, you we'll talk about Max Headroom in a second, but I just the idea that you watch the you watch the video for Money for Nothing by Dire Straits. And you go, wow, we've progressed so much in the past 32 years. And you look at Minecraft. You're like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was just, yeah. There was I, just Minecraft. Minecraft's one I don't get. I see kids playing it. I don't understand the appeal of it. And I, I there must be something about it. I, I, do you like it? Have you played it? Is I've it- played it, and I, I know that I would be addicted to it. And so I don't play it. Because yeah. it is highly addictive. Because right. it's just all about gathering resources and world building and and seeing how the environment affects everything you're doing and oh, so it's kind stuff. of educational in it's, a way it's really educational yeah oh. it's really educational hank might love it if he has if he's not playing it but he's not all, four's too young for that yeah. oh is he oh four yeah 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 that's probably too far yeah, yeah, that's yeah, pretty yeah. Young. Yeah. oh so he's he, four and he said that's fucked yeah yeah he's, oh, he that's said, fantastic he said that at three for some reason i thought that he was like 11 no no he said that at three yeah oh. he said that's fucked i'm so proud but let's go back to max headroom for a second mm. Uh, did you have a Max Headroom story? No, I just I just remember that being a thing. 
we watched Max Headroom and he yep. sort of his head clicked a bit and Matt Frewer. Yeah, it was a guy in a mask, right? And we yeah. thought it was a video. You thought it was a video. Yeah. And they just had some wavy stuff in the background. Yeah. And they kind of just like edited it to go da 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 da. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was How all was it was. That a thing. You know, that period of time had, had so many so many of that that pop culture snapshot of that era had like Pee-wee's Big Adventure and Max Headroom and Alf and like just all these things that were so, you know, back to the future. Yeah, Alf was Alf was a weird one. And we just had Alf like who pitched that? Or, or what was the one that was really bad? Is um, small wonder. Small wonder. Yeah. How is small wonder get by? Well, because it's for ten year olds. Was it? Yes. It was. Oh, a, I thought it was that a, was a proper show. No, it was. It was like a sitcom for kids. You oh, know? okay. It was like, I know. It was you had for kids. you had out of this world and small wonder, and so it was basically just a laugh track with loaded with dad jokes. That's one thing Australia can't do. Australia has never made a good sitcom. Not no, really. and we try. <laughs> oh God, we try. We've never not not one, not one. I'll I'll tell you one to watch. Hey Dad, if you can get a clip of Hey Dad. All right. Oh God, it was just kids like Hey Dad, stop it, Dad. And it was the old principle of Mum's dead, right? That's a, that's how everything starts in sitcom world because Full House was Mum's dead. Right. Oh yeah, of course. How yes, are you yes, going to yes. get along? How are you going? Yeah, Brady yeah, exactly. Bunch. Mum's, Mum's dead. dead. Yeah. yeah, you know, always how. Uh, uh, different strokes. Mum's dead. Well, yeah, because it. it <laughs> what are we? What are we gonna do now? Maybe a sitcom called Mum's Dead is a good. Yeah, is yeah. A good it's idea always kids like 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 Punky Brewster. Mum's, Mum's dead. dead. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta start with a dead mum because it instantly it instantly empathy. makes you laugh. Yeah. Doesn't it? Mum's well, dead. It, yeah. It's yeah. It instantly creates empathy for the lead characters. Like, well, how can you not care about these characters now because Mum's their dead. mother is dead? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But still, somehow. <laughs> Through a plucky attitude they've gotten through, your mum's dead. What are we going to do now? <laughs> and so that's what hey, that's what hey, dad was. It was just a dad that lived like with his kids, and, and it ran for so long that the kids grew up, and then just other kids came into the house. You know when they do that in a sitcom, they try to freshen it up. With, oh yeah, get yeah. a new young kid in. Yeah, because then it's just you know at a certain point, two and a half men just becomes three men. Yeah, yeah. Unless of course the half is supposed to be the Charlie Sheen character, and that's the joke of it. Yeah, was maybe. That the, maybe that's that was joke a joke of it. Joke or, well, uh, the, the, hey, Dad, the guy in the end turned out he was molesting some of the kids, so that was bad. Oh, not yeah. on the show. That would be a bad storyline. No, line. no, it was a bad storyline. <laughs> some of some of the kids that were meant to be his daughters, he was. Uh, oh, gotcha, gotcha. He gotcha. was no good. He wasn't not a, a good guy. Wasn't a good guy. Australia's got. A, there was another guy called Rolf Harris who was like. He used to sing children's songs, and he was beloved. And then it turned out he was off doing oh, that as no. well. Oh man, I had his albums and everything. There's a guy called Jimmy Savile. If you want to look this one, you know. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The Jim will fix it guy. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, that is just I, a what happened with nightmare. Jimmy Savile was I moved to Britain in 2000, right? And he hadn't been found out to be a pedophile. He, he got found out that he, they found out that he was a pedophile after he died. Oh my god! Right, so he got away with it the whole time. Motherfucker! But um. But uh, but Jimmy Savile and he was like this had old sort of white hair and he wore gold jewelry. He always had yeah. a cigar and he was like, oh. yeah. And uh, I remember, like I said on stage a couple of times, I go, I go, I'm just new to this country, but that guy's definitely a pedophile, right? I said on stage, and the amount of people who went, you shut the fuck up. I love Jimmy Savile. He's from my childhood, right? I called it. <laughs> it, it needed it needed an outsider's view, like if you. If, like they, they just because they, just because they grew up with him, they did they couldn't see it. He's the wrapped in red flags. Oh yeah, he was wearing a he was wearing a tracksuit. Yeah, there you go. You know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. like I'm like that guy's a pedophile. <laughs> Come and, on, guys. Yeah, no, like 
put put the picture up on the website. You'll all agree he looks like a pedophile. You know, but there is something like sometimes something will happen with me, and I'll refer to it as sarcastic psychic. Yeah, which is. You because when you're making a joke, you're usually just having a split second gut reaction to something sure, sure. and just commenting on it. And you find a lot of the time, you know, like a number of times, without really realizing what the mechanisms were in place, you call the situation because you were just yeah, yeah, you just went blah, and it just came out, and that was all of the unconscious stuff coming together and giving you the information to make that commentary. I'd agree with that. I, I dated a girl who I, I don't believe in intuition or mystical powers or something, but fucking hell, this chick could call anything. She'd wake up in the morning and she'd go, she'd go, I have a bad feeling about today, something bad's going to happen. And then something bad would happen. If she said that, I was freaking out the whole day. But then after that, then after, after she does that one or two times, and then you really buy into it, and every time, sometimes you might look for things yeah, to, yeah, to yeah, connect yeah, the yeah, dots. Yeah, yeah. And also, like, like, if she came up to me and she said, I. Oh, You've done something dodgy today, like you've texted a girl or something like that, and then you know probably I had. <laughs> so the fact that she, the fact that she just called that day, I was like, oh man, intuition. Yeah, my wife's really intuitive about stuff that way, but I don't, I, I don't. A friend of mine, uh, like is friends with a a psychic, mm. and she's like, but she told me all these things. And I go, yeah. I someone could tell me my grandfather's middle name, and I'd be like, oh, all right, yeah. yeah there's no, probably something. I, I don't. Yeah, probably yeah. something to that. I don't agree with that. I think I, it'd be fun to believe that stuff. I've I've been to them because I enjoy the little thing. You know, you're at a fair. I'll get me palm read. Right. Oh, oh tarot cards. Oh, yeah. the death card. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, no, I don't believe any of that rubbish. But, you know, I, I believe that people can have intuition in the sense that that you can read subconsciously people's body movements yes. and stuff like that and someone's being a bit shady or yes. there's something going on with that person. Or that your body, that you are either through other senses or at least through your peripheral understanding of the world, your peripheral vision, whatever, your brain is processing a lot of things without your conscious mind going, oh, this is what is going on in this room. Like you are getting, you're absorbing information and mm. processing it. Right, right. But I, I wouldn't think it's because a, you know, a dead lady is whispering things no i don't believe there's any ghosts i don't think there's any. mom's dead yeah mom's dead you'll never (laughs) see her again my uh my mum once said to me she goes so you don't believe in heaven or hell so you believe that after i die you'll never see me again and she goes i go yep and she goes she goes she goes uh and you're happy about that eh?" i went over the moon (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> does, a, does your mom have a good sense of humor? No, no, no. She's she's got she's humorless, and she's just a very easy person to stir up. Like me and my brothers, like at Christmas, we start ranking everyone that my mother knows, like like in favoritism. Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. Like, who? What's the rankings this year? Right. Who's doing well? You know. Yeah. And mom goes, "I love you all equally." <laughs> And there's always like my son because he's the youngest grandchild. Well, Hank comes in number one. Yep. He's number one. And, yep. then, and then my brother got divorced. So his ex-wife is right down the bottom now. She's yep. a bitch. Right, 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 right. And my dad's always second to last. You know what I mean? We go through all the things like that. And then like last year we were doing it to her and just teasing her. I don't know, I, I'd be about fifth or something <laughs> like that, right? And so my eldest uh, nephew is called Max. He's 18. And then uh, my mum just snapped and she went, do you want to know who's my favorite? <laughs> it's Max. It's always been Max. <laughs> and Max just is like, oh, God. I'm the favorite. That's a lot of pressure. Well, it's really fun to, 
It's it's fun to to harass. It's fun to give people shit who don't like. My wife is the sweetest woman in the world, mm. but when she'll say things like, she'll say like, you know, I'll go, oh, you know, if, uh, you know, I hope I don't die today or something like that, and she'll go, if that happened, I would be destroyed. I would never be with anyone ever again. I suppose you would probably be with some whore, right? And I go. Well, yeah, that's how you get over that. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I can't help but make those. The truth is, yes, I would be devastated forever. Sure, of course, you die again. But I have, but I have to make those jokes because I just get that reaction where she was like, oh, "That is so rude," and like, that makes me laugh so hard. What, what is the appropriate amount of time that you meant to wait as well? After I don't that? know, mum's dead. Yeah, mum's dead. Well, that's the thing is because Patton Oswalt just got engaged, and some people are con- being a bit rude about it. I think, what's the problem? Well, I don't think it's their place to say it's, anything it's, it's, about you it. You don't know what happened in that relationship. You don't know the relationship. And, and, you don't know yeah. the grieving process. And, and how dare you know how much he cried or how much he whatever. Uh, uh, that, that really bugged me the other day. That, 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 that's infuriating. It's like yeah. he, he's, as, you know, the man deserves to be happy. If yeah. he has found someone that makes him happy, how long is he supposed to be under a veil of, you know, yeah, like that, that, utter misery that and makes sadness you comfortable. that makes you feel okay. Yeah, fuck yeah. everyone. Like those are the kind of things I hear where I just go, fuck everyone. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like let the guy be happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, I really feel bad that your wife passed away, but I need you to be on my emotional time clock for yeah, what yeah. I feel is acceptable. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I that made me very angry. I read that like two days ago, and he's such a nice fucking fellow. Lovely. As well. Such a nice guy. <laughs> like, I mean, one of the nicest and also most prolific comedy people yeah. in the history of comedy. Yeah. 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 Well, so we're uh, fans, Patton. Yeah, I, I love you, Patton. I, we are. I am happy for you. Yeah. I am happy yeah, for congratulations, you. Congratulations, mate. I hope you're very happy. Uh, so what do you? You, you got to go because you're. I, I heard you had an hour. You're doing one o'clock out. I, I, I do this thing where I, I got. I got to go write me show. You got to go write your program. Yeah. You got to go write your stories. Oh yeah, one of the executives from Comedy Central has shown up today. Well, I really hope that we get to hang out more just socially because I have now two pinball machines in my house. What do you got? I have Adam's family, yeah, and I got machine. and I got the Walking Dead. I I wanted a new one and a classic one. Yeah, I'm I'm I just I got four, but I'm really just playing Medieval Madness all the time. Yeah, and I got the new Ghostbusters one, and it's very flashy. There's a lot of shit going on, but it's a little bit too much stuff. There's two. I'm not Lydia loves Adam's family. I love the Walking Dead one, but I find the distance between the flippers is slightly too far on Adam's family. Right. And it's infuriating. And it's a wide body as well. It's very wide. and uh, But the two that we really want to get are South Park and Twilight Zone. Yeah, South Park's a fun one. Twilight Zone's very good. Um, I was thinking of getting one for The Office if we, if we get another 10 episodes and they, they're just bringing out a brand new Star Wars. Oh, not, shit. Not the new Star Wars movies from like A New Hope Star Wars. Oh, incredible. Yeah, and it's got like... A Death Star that you can shoot the ball into, and the Death Star explodes, and you got to get up to that thing. And when you come over, you say, "I have a, I have a, I have a Star Wars Pachinko machine." Oh, and it's and it's like a brand new Pachinko machine, so it has all these, uh, like all these weird things happen. So it's all Star Wars uh, video playback, but it, there's Japanese writing on it, so I have no idea what's happening in the game. But it's really fun, right? So you got to come over. <laughs> so what happens is Pachinko is like little triggers, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, nothing really happens. You just you move this dial and these balls start shooting and go down this vertical pinball and this you know this kind how, of vertical how big pinboard. is it how big is it i mean it's oh it's about, a big it's a real big thing that okay. tall and you know that deep and yeah. that would have been in an arcade would have it or? it would have been an arcade it would have been in a pachinko casino oh that's like like china or japan japan. japan i mean maybe they have it in china too but yeah when we were there yeah, japan's pach- crazy for it pach- pachinko casinos are really active and they have to like you can't win money directly from it so the way they get around it is like you win little 
you win something to redeem for like a little trinket prize mm. and you kind of walk around the corner outside the place and you can redeem the trinket prize for money. Right. So right, it's right. like this weird loop. It's like, well, just fucking make it leak. Just get the money. Like what, yeah, you know yeah, what you're yeah. doing. So, yeah, so there's a porn store that will sell the trinket Yeah, exactly. Prize. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, uh, but, but congratulations on your show. Thank you. Hopefully it stays around for a while. I'm sure it will. I'm, I'm the, the lead into your lead in. Yeah, Is that and, right? and Alex adores you. Every, I go, oh, I'm, I'm Jim Jeffries on the guy. And Alex goes, he's the best. He's just the <laughs> best. I love that guy. Ask him uh, about the time he got punched in the face on stage. Yeah, I like Alex. Too. He's the he's best. He's a stand-up guy. It's our manager, by the way. For putting- I've never. I've been with him since 2003. I've, I've. I don't think I've ever seen him like get mad or douchey one time. He's just a problem solver. Yeah, yeah. He just figures out how to get shit done. And he, he will allow you to vent when you're venting, and he's a great sounding board. And, you know, with the exception of telling you not to have Brad Pitt be your weatherman, he usually is very, in, very yeah. intuitive and understands the business really yeah, well. Yeah, he's, uh, he's like, does he answer the phone like this to you? Chris Hardwick. Yes, he does! <laughs> <laughs> Jim Jeffries. Hardwick, Alex Murray. Chris Hardwick. <laughs> Alex Murray. And then he yeah, just he says your name with an uptick. Alex Chris Hardwick. <laughs> a lot of stuff going through a lot of offers today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I got a stack. Jim Jeffries, got some news. <laughs> got some checks for you here as well. I should have him on the podcast sometime. I don't think he would like doing a podcast. I don't think he likes talking about himself, but I, mm. he's such. he's been around. He was like a young music prodigy. Yeah, and then he moved to comedy. He moved to comedy. Yeah, he he's, got a good, he's, he's, got a, he's got an interesting stable of comedians. He does. Yeah. Well, yeah. His, early, his early idea was to get... Uh, really established uh, guys like you know Louis Anderson and John Panette, and then young, you know guys that he really want thought would happen, like, happen yeah. you know like like Gaffigan, yeah, uh, or me or Todd Glass, and then he would sort of use the leverage from the famous guys to help kind of get the young guys sure. in, and he's just I don't he, know many of the young guys. I know it's like me, you, Gaffigan, Glass, uh, James Davis, I think. James yeah, James Davis, who's a hooded Jason TV show. Uh, uh, Jonah Ray, I think. Jonah Ray, uh, Nikki Glazer. Nikki Glazer as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's yeah it's got, a good he's group. Got, it's a good group of people, nice people. They're all good folk. Well, I, uh, I, I'm, and I'm sorry I haven't seen your show yet. It's oh, just it's because it's my it's schedule sucks. Think, think about the Daily Show, but it's read a bit slower. <laughs> and it's once a week. And it's once a week, and the, and the accent's slightly different. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what everyone goes, oh, your show's just a rip-off of the Today Tonight, like John Oliver. I'm going, yeah, and it's from the Daily Show, and the Daily Show's from SNL to, you know. It's yeah, I mean, like, if you just start going back. You're like... Like it's it, the difference with all these shows is the host and like little segments you do and stuff like that. But yeah. essentially, a person behind a desk reading news is not reinventing the egg. But it's also as dumb. It's, it's also about as dumb as going, "Oh, you're doing stand up with a microphone, huh? Yeah, that's what this other guy does. Yeah, yeah. I know, but we say different things. Yeah. I, what I what I have found out is um, that Trump supporters hate if you even mention him. Yeah, I, I, I like your comedy, but. What do you have to talk about Trump all the time? And you're like, <laughs> well, not all the time, but he's in the news a lot, and we're a news show. So one time on Talking Dead, a guest made a joke about Sarah Palin, and it literally lasted two seconds. Hmm. I was like, oh, it's like Sarah Palin. The flood of to, at me, fuck you! How dare you make the show political? I moved on really quickly. I just glossed over it. We didn't stay on it. Fuck you! You made the show political. I, go, I can't control what people say, uh, and I, also I, it was four seconds of your life is over. And they start calling me a sellout. Like you sellout you used to be good. And blah, blah, blah. And how dare like, you get paid to do anything? And, and you're like, well, I, 
but my political leanings were always this way. But besides that, I try not to mention him every week. You're you're only a sellout if you have your very famous bit about gun control, and then I do an advert for guns, and then you do an advert for guns. That's selling out. <laughs> it is it is violating your core belief system for yeah. for gain. Well, in saying that, we're about to record a film piece in uh, a few days uh, for a later episode of me and Rob O'Neill shooting guns. <laughs> and Ro- Robert Rob O'Neill's the guy who shot Bin Laden. Uh-huh. Right? So I'm going to go to a shooting range. That's incredible. Yeah, and it's also because obviously he's a pro-Second Amendment guy. And me and him have strangely become friends. He came to a party I was at and he liked stand-up or whatever. And and uh, now it's yeah, it's just hanging out with fucking the guy shop in Laden. It's a very interesting fella. But you know what's... You know what's a? Do you remember when we were talking to Harry Styles and he walked away from us? That was hilarious. <laughs> yes, yes, we yes. It was you and me and Jimmy Carr. Yeah, yeah. And Harry Styles was there, and it was right when Trump was starting to gain traction in the election. So we were talking about Trump. We were talking about the primary elections and what's going to happen and, and, then, and Jeb and all this stuff and stuff. And, and he then just, Harry Styles realized, like, I don't need to be here right now. Yeah, yeah, and I, literally just walked away. My life doesn't need to know about the world. Thank you just very much. Goodbye. And what was so funny about it is that it wasn't like a, hey, it wasn't, sorry, guys. It wasn't rude. It, wasn't it was like, rude, it was like I'm living on a different plane, fellas. Totally different plane. <laughs> and I don't fault him at all. But you could just see his eyes glaze over, and he just like kind of put his head down and just walked away. Yeah. No, you know. And it's like, oh, he doesn't have to. Yeah, he's certainly... And I was, we felt very old. Yeah, oh, 100%. He was wearing like a red and white striped shirt. And that big, really thick stri- open... He had long hair. He looked like Michael Hutchins. Yeah, really looked like Michael Hutchins. Mm, right. With the open shirt yeah. and the... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The girl I've, I've been dating... That hairless, I'm, wet seal of a body. The girl I've been dating didn't know what NXS was. And she goes, well, no music comes out of Australia. I'm like, you know what all? <laughs> what the fuck? You know what all? Fucking NXS? Yeah, in excess. ACDC? Yeah, there's, there's right? been some ghosts. Yeah, and so, and so she went, in excess? What type of a name is in excess? And I'm like... <sighs> Men at Work? Kick was the biggest album of one year. It was the biggest album. I mean, every song on that album was a hit. It was a hit. Massive hit on MTV. They won all the Video Music Awards that year. They were massive. Devil Inside, I Need You Tonight. Suicide Blonde. Suicide Blonde. Suicide Blonde was from X. Oh, it was from X, because that's a, that was written back Kylie. Yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah. That I did not know. Also, Kylie Minogue. And then Kylie, Kylie wrote Better the Devil You Know about Michael. Oh, my God. I loved Michael Hutchins because the year... I loved, I loved In Excess before Kick, when they had the Listen album like The Swing. Thieves. Listen Like Thieves and The Swing, and, mm. and uh, they're a fucking phenomenal. They were just a great band. They're a great band. And the year... And he, that, was, he was the closest thing we had to, like, the guy from The Doors, Jim Morrison, was, in my opinion. But he wasn't... But Michael Hutchins wasn't annoying, and I, I find no, he Jim... Wasn't annoying, and he had a much better voice as He had well. a great voice. Yeah, I, I think... I find Jim Morrison to be... Well, Jim Morrison, the people annoying. who sort of think, like, oh, man, there's a lizard king, and you're 22, mate. Yeah. I mean, fucking, like when he was a baby, like that, he died at 27. But when it's, he was behaving like that, he was just a fucking punk kid. It was just a lot of like, it's a dude at a frat party who just starts free associating words and girls go, oh my God, he's so deep. Like, no. Liar, fire, yeah. my <laughs> liar. <laughs> These words all rhyme. I do it all the time. Yeah, no, time to wallow in the mire. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Funeral yeah. prior? Fuck off. No one uses these words. Stop Father, kidding. I want to yeah. kill you. Someone's just found a thesaurus. Yeah, that's all it is. <laughs> but, uh, and they're wearing like a, an artist shirt yeah. but uh, yeah Michael Hutchins that year when he won all those awards for kick he had these like kind of like dorky glasses on and it just made me feel like oh my god he's kind of a dork I fucking love him like I related to him so much we had we had the, the school that was near my school our rival school right it was like oh they're a bunch of idiots fucking morons fucking nah, like that and they always had 
in excess comes from our school. And we were like, yeah. All right. Kurt Pengelly and the Farris brothers all came from that school. Michael Hutchins didn't join the band last, but all the all the brothers in the band. But you, but what you were saying before about the gun, about the guy who shot Bin Laden, is that this idea, which is now a, a revolutionary idea in our modern society, that sometimes you can actually be friends with someone yeah. without agreeing with 100% of the things that they believe in. I've just remembered an in-excess story. What? This is a great story. I've never told it. Please. This is one of my favorite things. Okay. We might, maybe not. Anyway. So I was doing I was doing a gig in Sydney at the MO Theatre. It doesn't matter what theatre it was, but anyway. And I was doing a gig, and then backstage, um, Tim Farris, the guitarist mm-hmm. from In Excess, wanted to come backstage. And I was like, fucking, yeah, I'd love to meet Tim Farris from In Excess. So I'm hanging out with him. And he has a brace on his hand. And it turned out while he was yachting, um, a, a bit of rope ripped his... Is that an index finger? Yeah. yeah. Ripped his index finger off, right? And so they tried to stitch it back on. But the thing is, he's like, yeah, I'll never play guitar again because that was his chord hand, right? Oh, my God. And he goes, yeah, I'll never play guitar again because I'm missing that finger. I can't play guitar anymore. And I go... I go... Uh, I go, so the band's over and he goes pretty much we're pretty much we're not performing anymore this is like last year and I said so your finger was more vital than Michael Hutchins yeah I think he laughed I can't quite remember but it was I remember like I, I said it earnestly like wow cause you, they replaced the singer like three times right. I thought, that was the first that was the first TV show, like fo- ma- making the band show, where they people like before Pop Idol and all that. Yeah, they recast. In excess, recast on television the part of Michael Hutchins. Right. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's something that I would have thought, but not said out loud. Yeah, I was dumb. I just that would. Yeah. But you know what? You know, I feel like the past that you get with a lot of people is that I don't think people feel like you're being a dick. I think they like, oh, he's really sincere. Like it's not, <laughs> like it's not. You're not attacking. He's like just, there's a dickish way to say that, but there's a genuine like. There's like a boyish. <laughs> there's just sort of a boyish. He's just a bit dumb. Curiosity and wonder to <laughs> that I think people are like. Oh, he doesn't. You know, like it's a fair question. It's a fair question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His, his finger was more vital. <laughs> well, please come back soon. Oh, thanks for having me. Whenever and please come over to the house and. Um, Pimble it up. Show me how to beat uh, Adam's family. Yeah. All right. All right, mate. Enjoy your burrito. Thanks, mate. Jim Jeffrey's show is on, uh, is it uh, Tuesdays? 10, 10.30 Tuesdays. 10.30 on Tuesdays Central. on Comedy Central. Enjoy your burrito. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. This episode of the Nerdist Podcast is brought to you by Dr. Katz, the audio file. So if you're a fan of the uh, cult classic comedy, Dr. Katz, it is back with the original cast now as a free premium podcast at audible.com slash Dr. Katz. Uh, Fifteen of comedy's biggest stars bare their souls on the couch with Hollywood's favorite shrink, Jonathan Katz, for 15 minutes. Um, so if you're a fan of Dr. Katz, this is absolutely up your alley. Uh, check it out. There's a new episode with, with Weird Al is there right now. Listen to Dr. Katz, the audio files available exclusively now at audible.com slash Dr. Katz. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 